Hey, we appreciate everybody uh, logging on, uh, however you're getting on live. Um, we have uh, uh, Nate Kafferman, Hannah Bloomer, and Brandon Bloomer with us tonight. We appreciate you guys coming out here. Uh, we had a good time before we actually went on live. Uh, Brandon was being a real jokester. We were all laughing at everything <laughs> that he said. So we're warmed up. Our smiles are on our face. We're ready to go, man. We're pumped. No, we're super excited about everybody being here. I just want to start off first by saying Chris did a phenomenal job. And we were actually talking about it a little bit before we went live. And and uh, so <clears throat> the message was great because, I mean, and Chris kept saying, look, you know, this is going to be a tough message for me. And he says, you know, I went to God and God, this is a tough message. And I was sharing um, with the group here that, you know, he had a lot of one liners that I just kept going. Ooh, that was really good. You know, he touched on stuff like um, um, we're not defeated. We're victorious. Um, don't blame God. And, um, you know, um, those type of subjects, and it was super, super good. Um, that being said, I'd like to mention to everybody to just uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the like button. Um, also, if you could comment um, um, and interact. Um, so um, while you're listening, there will be an option where you can interact. If you want to send some questions, we'd be more than happy to answer them. Um, the third thing would be, um, audio. If you're on audio, um, give us a five-star review. I mean, look who we have here. We got Nate, <laughs> Hannah, <laughs> we got Brandon. So no, really guys, if this is something that's really touching your heart, um, five-star review, um, we will accept nothing lower than a five-star. I just want to mention that, um, no, on the more serious side, we just appreciate you guys interacting with us and giving us um, your comments. Um, and then also um, something that Justin has really shared with me the last couple of times I did this and, and, and share what we're doing tonight. You know, I really believe that <clears throat> there's going to be people that need to hear what we're saying tonight. There's people that weren't at church. There's people that weren't um, weren't at DCC um, and aren't going to watch this. But if you're on Facebook or whatever other avenue you want to use, if you share it, we can, we're actually sharing the gospel by doing that. So I want to encourage everybody that's listening tonight to just share it. You know, I've been sharing, you know, I share on the weekly on Fridays and it's amazing how many people that I went to school with are like, wow, Dave, we need to get, you know, I had people, we need to get together, man. That was awesome. It really touched my heart. And, and if I didn't listen to what Justin was saying, I mean, I'm trying to set up a lunch with a guy I haven't seen for well, I'm not going to tell you because I'll age myself. <laughs> so I don't know if they had cars back then, but that being said, <clears throat> um, but just sharing and what Justin um, told me to do, I was actually going to meet with somebody now and, you know, they want to hear about the gospel. I mean, he's a Christian, but he said he really wants to um, talk. Um, also, you know, encourage um, if you're listening and, you know, this is something that touched your heart. We want to encourage you to join in person, to, to join the community, to join the family. Um, that would be Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. The worship's awesome. Um, the gathering's awesome. We have coffee, free coffee. We don't charge for coffee, by the way. So that being said, um, I want to start. And um, with Chris, he brought up some really interesting stuff. Um, I just, you know, um, see Chris quite a bit during, you know, um, the week and um, talking to him a little bit about it, but <clears throat> he started off right off the bat. I mean, like, so in a basketball game, you know, they take it out of bounds 
and then they pass it to a player. He didn't pass it. He ran to the rim and dunked it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, really. So what he said was, the devil gets too much attention. He said Mm. that right off the bat. And I'm like, yeah, he does, you know? And then, so my question is, um, why is this um, when the devil's already been defeated? Why is he getting so much attention? You know what I mean? I always hear stuff like, well, you know, the devil made me do it. Or, you know, I'm just being attacked. Or, you know, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. But, you know, my question is, is to the group here, if someone wants to start is, um, why is this? Why why is he getting so much attention when he's already been defeated? I can start things off. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I think it's because we all try and do, well, we try to succeed at a lot of different things in our own strength. And like the topic was a uh, flesh versus spirit and we all exist in the flesh. And so we all, and I think that's like our default. We all try and operate out of the flesh. And a lot of times we do that until we fail enough times to realize that, Oh, we can't do this. We can't uh, succeed at this. Hmm. Or if we do succeed, it's not going to be a full success. You can only mm-hmm. have full success if you try and operate with the spirit. Amen. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Hannah, do you have a perspective on that? Yeah, so actually we were talking about this last night, but um, when we're in our human flesh, I think it was Jamie a few months ago was preaching that like our human flesh is our is our default. Uh-huh. You know, we actually have to try to live spiritually and to walk in step with the spirit. And and so when we're in our flesh and when we're in default, whenever you whenever I think of default, I'm not thinking of we have to actually try. Like I'm not contradicting what you said. We're trying to like do our own thing in our own you know human flesh, but like. It's just how we are. Like we're we're just going with the flow, and I feel like because we're not in heaven, mm-hmm. God's not here yet. He, we haven't taken up. The devil's still alive. Yep. He's still on this earth. He's still the prince of this world. So obviously, he's going to get a lot of attention if he's ruling this world. Whoever the ruler is, if he's making it easy, shucks, we're all we're all going to be falling short some mm-hmm. way somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, every day, every day. That's really good. So, <clears throat> Nate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have anything on that? Oh, you sounded like you had something to say to me. I'm sorry, we're all giggly. We had a great time before we started tonight. Yeah. So this yeah. is a this is awesome. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> That's good. No, um, one thing I just like just listened to you to that came to mind is it when I don't know the difference between being in the flesh and being in the spirit or when i can't recognize that it can almost make me want to blame the devil for my own shortcomings like when i'm doing when if i have a goal and i'm just running head first towards it but i'm not do i'm doing it in my own strength i'm just gonna fail it's it's inevitable right and when i when i don't realize hey i i need to be doing this with god i need to be partnering with him it i can i can start to i can start to get you know people get depressed they get they get down they're like oh i can't do this they get discouraged and then there's like oh i'm just being attacked by the devil i'm just it's you know he's just attacking me i just gotta get through this and we want to just push push forward in that when it's not it's about recognizing hey i i'm not doing this with god and repenting and saying hey god i need i need to be partnering with you in this that's good. So you're saying <clears throat> recognize where you're at, stop doing it, and replace it with God's things. Yeah. 
That's really good. But that takes an effort. Yes. I mean, oh, 100%. because it's our default. Like I'm mm-hmm. just, I mm-hmm. always go back to that because that's like the easiest thing for me to like always remember and always be able to um, relate to, I think just because, I mean, we are so like America's so fast paced mm. that we don't stop and smell the flowers sometimes. Mm. And because of that, whatever, whenever we're not thinking of God, it's either God or evil in this world. Yeah. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you could be thinking of, you know, work and how you have to be the best or, um, you know, what you're going to be cooking for dinner. But if you're not thinking of that as like serving the Lord in that kind of way, you're living for your flesh. That's and good. obviously the flesh is evil. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how, I mean, when you're saying the devil gets too much attention, it's just because we automatically, that's just how we are. We're mm-hmm. just in our default. We just go with the flow until we, Put the brakes on it and do like a complete 180 every single day. I mean, we have to. It's almost like we have to use every fiber in our being sometimes mm-hmm. to put that yeah. default on pause. Be like, no, nah, I got to get out of this routine. I got to get out of this path. And then just come right back to where we're supposed to be anyways every day. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but her answers are so good. I'm like intimidated right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying nothing the rest of this podcast. She's got the standard set way up there. <laughs> We're all, we got the eye like, man, she's got the juice. <clears throat> okay. So we know that the devil gets too much attention, right? And, and you guys have all kind of touched on, you know, things that we need to do, um, being aware of stuff. The next thing that I want to mention is, as Chris mentioned, we need to have a strategy in our Christian walk. Now, I want to relate that to, let's say, football. <clears throat> football players don't go on the field and just say, okay, guys, just take any position and run as fast as you can, and we're going to win the game. No, <laughs> they would get slaughtered. So the point is, is as Christians – um, why do so many not <clears throat> have a plan? So my question is, what is your strategy strategy or what type should we have concerning spiritual warfare? Well, Hannah and I kind of brainstormed this. We actually wrote down a couple things. <clears throat> um, basically, it comes down to like staying in the word. I think that's the most important thing. Being able to stay in the word. If you don't know the difference between heavenly, like heavenly goals and earthly goals, you're gonna fall into the trap of heavenly or, uh, earthly goals almost every time. And then on top of that, like it doesn't just it's not just enough to know the word. You also need to know your own strengths and weaknesses because you need to it's know good. how to bolster your defenses against your weaknesses. Uh, because the devil, I mean, he doesn't attack uh, non Christians. He goes after Christians. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to worry about non Christians. Mm-hmm. They're gonna you know they're gonna join them in hell regardless good. at some point. So. It's up to us to kind of lean on God and fight our own battles so that we can succeed and join him in heaven because he's going to be seeking us every single day, every minute of every day sometimes. And that's what it takes for us to join him instead of, you know, join God. This is almost like you're saying, so if you're an offensive lineman and you're going to try to be a quarterback, it's like, what are you doing? And by the way, before he answered that, I gave him a look. <laughs> like, you better answer. You better talk right now, buddy. And then you just notice he went, mm. you know, so no, I'm forcing everybody to talk tonight. So <clears throat> anybody else want to comment on that? I, 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 nope. Okay. So kind of piggybacking off of that is I think for me personally, a huge step for me in order to take the almost like first step into this strategy and preparing myself for a spiritual warfare is acknowledging, acknowledging mm. that I come short, acknowledging 
what my flaws are and like acknowledging that I know what my weaknesses are, but I'm not going to let that be a crutch or I'm not going to let that be um, something that is basically going to be an excuse of why I can't fight this battle. You know, like I think a lot of times a lot of us think, oh, we've got God on our side. We're perfect. You know, we can just go right through this. But we also have to realize, like, if I have a pride issue, well, heck, I can't get correction because I can't humble myself enough Mm -hmm. for another Christian sister or brother to, you know, tell me that I'm struggling. Maybe they're the ones that are helping me equip myself for a spiritual warfare. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, if I have that pride, that wall's completely up. I'm not acknowledging that I need to tear this down first because I'm going to be running into this wall constantly and I'm not going anywhere with this warfare. And the devil's just making me run in circles and he's winning and he's laughing and he's just Mm. twiddling his thumbs because it's, I mean, this, this warfare for him would just be super easy. You know, yeah, he's been doing it for years, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> it's amazing when Jesus was tempted, <clears throat> he didn't argue, he didn't get offended, or he didn't debate with the devil. He said, For it is written, mm-hmm. and I believe it was the book of Deuteronomy, the book of obedience, where he quoted out of. I could be wrong, but um, so Jesus set the example, right? So, <clears throat> for me, I would just like to comment on that. Chris says something, um. And he's actually said it last week at work. I heard him say it, and he says, I'm convinced I can't do anything without God. And that's a really good statement. And I talked to him a little bit about that, and I asked him to expound on that. And what he was sharing was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, in doing, we could, what both of you guys are sharing is just going to God. God help me. You know what I mean? Where am I falling short? <clears throat> the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things, you know, that he'll bring back to remembrance. You know, so <clears throat> good stuff. Next thing, uh, Chris uh, mentioned the, a lot of one-liners, and I love them. He said, um, and we kind of touched on this a little bit already, um, but I would like to um, touch on it a little bit more, um, is he mentioned the spirit and the flesh war against each other. Now, we've already kind of talked about that a little bit, but let's go from a little bit different of an angle. It's going to seem like, you know, um, why are we talking about this again? So, the spirit and the flesh war against each other. The, the question is, why and what can we do to come out victorious? So why are we struggling with spirit and flesh? Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't go a day without it. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, and my wife's real good at reminding me about, I love you, honey. <laughs> but, um, that you know, it's, 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 some days I wake up and I feel like someone threw a, five gallon of ice water on me bucket of water you know and then i have such a hard time working through all that you know but um spirit and flesh so why and what can we do to come out victorious um i think it especially with the why is it's like you guys are saying it's that's our default that's that's because we're in the flesh right like that's just how our that's how we naturally are right but i think the biggest one of the things is to battle that is to is to know yourself right and like know the way like know what your flesh wants and to recognize that and then like what you're saying earlier um we were talking off off of the off air is that it's just replacing that with what god says about that right like if i'm struggling with you know anything what go to the word what is the what is what does god say about this and the situation that i'm in right if i'm struggling with 
looking at things I'm not supposed to. What does the what does the Bible say about that? Right? If I'm struggling with love for what anything, money, right? If what does the Bible say about that? Right? It's it's about knowing yourself and what the Bible says contrary to that, right? It's good. So you're saying kind of like uh, <clears throat> what uh, Cassidy Kafferman talked about, which was yeah, um, <clears throat> take the lies that Satan gave you, deal with them, and replace them with God's promises. Yeah. You know, so um, just I'm not sh- sure if Chris will get upset about this, but I'm just almost like a title of what Chris is preaching. Sunday, so. <laughs> but no, she did phenomenal and wonderful stuff that she said. And, and you now Hannah's here and she's taking it to a whole nother level. So. <laughs> so anybody else want to comment on uh, the spirit and the flesh warring against each other? Why and what can we do to become victorious? I think that a big reason why they they battle right when we're christians we accept jesus as our savior and we accept the holy spirit inside of us at that point that moment then we have the spirit and the flesh and they're both warring for control of what we do every moment of every day and but we can choose whether or not to allow the flesh or the spirit to win it's free will i think that causes them to battle we can either give one give in to one or the other and that's our choice um there was a there was a verse that that we were reading um, last night. It's uh, Matthew twenty three thirty seven. says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed uh, to gather, or how long I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Mm. It's completely up to us to decide who's going to win that battle. <clears throat> That's good. So, Let's go down a rabbit trail here because I really like what you're saying. So in the body of Christ, people don't like to hear the words responsibility, right? <laughs> but guys, we have a responsibility, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if <clears throat> if if we're struggling, spirit and flesh, and they're warring against each other, the first thing we talked about is the devil gets too much attention. You know what I mean? So there's some responsibility for us, right? Um, and, and I noticed you guys kept talking about, you know, getting in the word last night and doing your devotions. Well, that's a good game plan, right? I mean, it, everything's kind of playing in here. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but there's responsibility, you know? I mean, so let me ask, if I say, you know, the devil made me do it, that's not truth. Mm-mm. You know, the Bible says that Jesus disarmed all principalities and powers and made mm-hmm. a public spectacle of them, you know? And then if, you know, I say, well, you know, I'm just really struggling with my bills, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna pay them, you know, I'm just all concerned. Well, that's not truth. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. So there's responsibility. And who mentioned earlier that, you know, getting into the word? One of... I mean, I think we both, yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of, it was me. It was me. I mentioned it. It was you. <laughs> We're all looking at him. And he finally called me. By the time the third one looked at me, he's like, oh, it was me. No, it was. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, getting in the word, renewing your mind. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, before I go on to the next thing, does anybody have anything to share on that? I kind of do. Okay, So great. the question, why does the spirit and the flesh, I think it's just super simple to remember both the devil and Jesus want us. Oh, they both desire us. So obviously they're fighting for us. You know how, I forget who brought it up in that um, one of their sins. I think it was Kevin. Um, it's dawned on me. I've read Daniel so many times, so many times. But it, it hit me when he brought up that passage again where Daniel went up to his room and the angel appeared to him and 
Daniel was like, where the heck have you been? And the angel was like, I've been fighting for you. Mm-hmm. God has this hedge of protection around you because you're getting attacked all the time. The devil and Jesus want you constantly. And it's almost like, you know, the devil has candy and dessert and everything that looks just so delicious and mm. so yummy at the moment. But Jesus is like, I have the fruit, I have the veggies. Mm. So that's where it ties in where Brandon was saying, like we have a choice. Do we want the dessert and get fat and sick? Or are we choosing to take those vegetables and that fruit? But the reason, like, why are they doing this is because they ultimately, both of them want us. Obviously, Jesus Mm, wants us more, Mm -hmm. but that devil is going to make it so appealing that he wants us. And he's going to try to make it what he did in the garden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. So I'm just going to put you guys on notice. I have 150 more topics to talk about. (laughs) You guys are done. Take your earmuffs off your, you know, microphone. This is all directed towards Anna now. (laughs) So you guys are out of the picture. No, I'm just kidding. So no, really good. I, you know, gosh, I love that. They're, they both want is, you know, someone told me when I was um, a baby Christian that uh, God was like an addict. He wanted me. You know, and he sends the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, right? Mm -hmm. So he wants us. He's there. He's available. The God that created the universe, the God that told the depths of its sea, you can transgress no farther. The God that in the Old Testament, they used to put him in a tent and in a tabernacle. He lives in us. He's in us. And we have access just like that. All we got to do is just ask him. He's a jealous God. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. He says he is, Mm -hmm. you know, and then in that. We have full access, but then again, let's go full circle about what we were talking about just earlier is we have a responsibility. You know what I mean? You touched on that a little bit. So this is all kind of going in really well. I'm pretty happy with you guys so far. I might actually invite you to come to a second podcast. <laughs> is this a trial? <laughs> this is a trial. So far, everybody, Hannah's doing well. You guys got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> Only one of us is invited back. Yeah. <laughs> So um, another thing Chris mentioned is um, Satan is defeated. All he has is lies. And that really stuck with me when he said that. That is so true. I mean, there's times where he'll lie to me and I'm doing what Eve was doing in the garden. What did God really say that? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. did he? Well, did God really tell you that if you did that, you know, so. That being said, let me repeat it a little bit. Satan is defeated. All he has is lies. How does Satan get in and deceive us? I think food is a really good analogy, like Hannah was saying earlier. Yeah. The devil uses, we'll say desserts, right? There's mm-hmm. like this delicious cake sitting there. Obviously, that's more enticing. This is what you're going to want to go for first. But God has the complete, you know, rest of the pyramid there. He's got the mm-hmm. meat, the veggies, um, uh, the fruits. Where you eat it, you're going to be a strong, healthy person. You eat nothing but cake, you're going to go downhill fast. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And he knows that. He knows that his lies are more enticing. That's a great analogy. I like cake, actually. As I do, too. That's <laughs> a problem. bad person. Am I being judged here? No, I'm just kidding. So, and so another um, question with that is, again, Satan is defeated. All he has is lies. And then um, what can we do about this? So he's lying to us, right? We're struggling. Okay, guys. But the big picture is people are listening, right? And we're having a good time and we're laughing. And, 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 and there's people struggling out there. They're struggling. They're getting beat up. And they've been beat up for a while. They're struggling with anxiety. They're struggling with depression. People's marriages, you know, filed for divorce. I mean, there's a lot going on out there. You know what I mean? So they're sitting there and they're like, okay, I'm struggling. 
you know, I'm having a hard time with this, you know, and they might be saying, you know, what do I do? I realize that you said to get into the word. I realize that you said that I have a responsibility to what do I do? I want to start off with that. And I want to say you have a choice. You do. You know, first of all, there's a saying that says you are what you eat, right? <laughs> but you are who you hang around with. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a, a young Christian, I'll share a quick story. Um, so I was an alcoholic and a drug addict before I was 16 years old. Um, and I got accepted Jesus Christ at 21. At the time I was getting drunk seven days a week, I had a 14 time a day drug habit and I was either going to die or end up in prison. Um, Chris shares the story. He was the drug dealer. I was a drug addict. So he tells everybody at work at church, everybody knows about it. But <clears throat> when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior, I remember I was saved for about three months and I was doing really good, but all I was hanging around with was Chris and Lisa. I mean, we were getting together and I was, you know, working 50, 60 hours a week. We we're staying up till two o'clock in the morning. Back then I was young. You could live on three, four hours of sleep. I do that now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be here right now. That being said, I remember one time I thought, you know, I'm going to go to my friend's house. And I went to a, a, a house where there was drugs and there was a dealer and I sat down and they had, you know, some drugs and it got to me and I remember looking at it and thinking, yeah, I want to do this. Now that was my flesh. I'm just going to share this story. <clears throat> and the spirit of God said, do you really want to go back there? Mm -hmm. Do you really want to do that? And then he said, I love you. And I have so much better for you. In that moment, I had a choice. Now I'm going to be honest with you. If I would have smoked that crack and that hash, there was crack hash and marijuana in it. I would have struggled for a while. I've been totally dry for 34 years. Wow. No, no beer, no drugs, no, none of that. 34 years. But I really believe that if I would have gotten high and did drugs that night, I would have struggled. And I, but I had a choice. Mm -hmm. So what I want to say to people out there is you got a choice. You got to stand firm and you mm -hmm. got to get in the word. You know, the things that we're talking about here and, and, and for everybody that's listening and, and here in this room, I'm not talking about works. You see, that's where religion gets in. Well, if you don't read your Bible every single day, you know, if you don't pray 15 times a day, you know, if you don't do this and this, that is not the God that I serve. And that is not in the word. God loves us. So I had a, someone tell me recently, well, that's great, Dave. Well, what did you do when you were a Christian? I would cry and go to God and say, help me. You know, I was, I, I had no Christian knowledge. I, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I grew up in the projects, you know, so I had a really rough life, you know, but praise God. He delivered me, right? But I still had to make choices. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been dry for 34 years. I've been a Christian for 34 years, and I could make a choice tomorrow to go back to that junk. Mm -hmm. I still make a choice not to do it. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my testimony a little bit. I don't know if someone else would have a testimony or maybe some um, Hannah knowledge of what we could do here. <laughs> no. Um, not putting you on the spot or anything. No. So if anybody has anything else that maybe you want to share something, you know, I said, you know, you have a choice, but I, I know there's more to that. So does anybody else have anything to share? So it's very cool that you um, just, you said the word choice because yesterday or last night when we were having our devotion, um, <clears throat> God told me last night, laying in bed, reading the Bible, and I wrote it down. He said, 
Satan doesn't want us to know that we have options. Huh. He makes us, he, he wants us, he doesn't want us to know that we have like nothing to fear or nothing to have anxiety about or nothing to feel failure about. Like he, he wants us and he uses that deceit to make us feel like we have only that one choice uh. of, oh, well, I, I got to go back to the drugs. That's, that's my, you know, cushion or that's my um, safe haven or whatever. Or maybe it's, you know, going out to hang out with friends that, like you said, aren't the, you know, good options or good influence. But Satan doesn't want us to know that we have a complete 180 mm. option. You know, there's, mm. an, there's an A and a B, not just like an A, you know. Um, and that ultimately goes back to you have a choice. It's mm, you know? good. You know, I never really looked at it that way, but you're right. I mean, when I first got saved, it was like Satan kept lying to me and saying, well, that's what you do. Right, right. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, and I didn't really know another life, you know, but it was just awesome that God just kept telling me he loved me, mm -hmm. you know, and he had more for me. And it's amazing. I had a couple men mentor me when I was young in the Lord, and it made such a difference. I used to um, actually in church go up to people that I didn't even know, and I would embarrass Mary. I would introduce myself and invite myself to their house for dinner. <laughs> I, know, I know it's weird, but um, I actually met some of the most wonderful people in my life, you know, and, and no one ever said no. You know what I mean? They kind of looked at me like I was weird, you know, especially when I got to their house and I was, you know, acted goofy all the time. But um, that being said, um, there's something that Chris shared and he kind of shared a testimony. He said, and he, you know, Chris gets kind of excited. We are not a victim, you know? And uh, so he yelled it out and he said, but you're not a victim. And he shared that, uh, I believe it was Hannah Brittenall shared with him one time a word and she yelled at him, you are not a victim. You are not a victim. And Chris was sharing that at work. You know, he's been in business for 25 years and he was expecting to have this, wow, everything's great, 25 years. And it's been one of his hardest years. You know what I mean? And he says he's really been struggling and he felt like a victim. And then Hannah came up to him and gave him this word that you are not a victim. And he said, I just been standing on it. You know what I mean? I can hear her yelling it at me, you know? So my question is, um, why are we not a victim and explain why we're not a victim? <laughs> you got anything for us, Nate? Hmm, let's see. Well, I think it goes back to the, the first thing. The first thing we talked about is that the devil was already defeated, right? Yeah. If, if he's already defeated, then how can we be a victim? If, and if God's fighting for us the whole time, then how can we be a victim, right? If, if, the, if the battle is already won, there's mm. nothing to be a victim in. That's good. Because we're living in victory. But then we have a choice, right? And then when we have a choice, the things that we do make such a big difference. So everything's kind of tying in here. Yeah, we have to decide. Because I could, like I was talking about earlier, right? I could, if I'm living in the flesh, I'm doing things in my own strength, I could easily say, oh, this is so, so bad, you know, mm. I'm just struggling and just act, you know, I can, I can have that victim mentality or I can say, no, this is not what God has for me. And I can, I can stand on, you know, I can stand on his word and say, no, I'm not a victim. I have, I'm victorious in Jesus. Right. Amen. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> in my Christian walk, there was times where I would struggle with stuff and I would get in the word and I would 
let God touch my heart on the scripture. So one of them years ago was James 4, 7, submit to God and resist the devil, you must flee. And I was struggling with some stuff. And I was like, you know, James 4, 7, submit to God, you must flee. You know, and then 10 minutes later, James 4, 7, submit to God. You know, and my wife asked me one time, man, you keep mumbling to yourself what are you doing you know and i was like i'm quoting james 4 7 if you, you know and she's like what's going on and i told her she says why do you keep confessing it i'm like man i'm trying to reprogram this thing you know what i mean i'm filling myself up with the word you know um and it worked you know um james or first peter 5 7 was another one you know i was kind of a you know so we had five little kids we were a one check income and it was hard you know and we didn't have a lot of money and things got tight and I don't know how many times I took a walk after work and I would just first uh, Peter five, seven, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you because your adversary, the devil roams around like a rowing lion seeking. He may devour. Now listen to this because your adversaries are because other people in Christ have experienced the same thing and conquered them in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I would break that scripture down in my heart. I would start, you know, in the beginning, it says in first peter 5 7 casting all your cares so i would just i'd be outside right i just cast the cares i just you know people are driving by like what is he doing like is he one of those <laughs> weird people that just talks to himself and walks around um there was times where i would take walks you know and just you know really going to god and fall prostate on the on the grass you know just crying you know what i mean and uh one time i had a car stop sir are you okay i'm okay just leave me alone you know <laughs> but the thing is is it was a choice right and 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 i was struggling with being a victim you know like oh why me you know why am i struggling why can't i support my family and then the devil oh you know you just you're not talented enough mm -hmm. you know what i mean you don't have the education mm -hmm. you know what i mean you no one's gonna hire you you're just stuck where you're at again what you talked about no options this is all you have dave mm -hmm. so the good stuff guys so another thing chris talked on and this is really good because this is what um, I used to do, and I see a lot of people in the body of Christ do. Is he says, um, we feel sorry for ourselves. Oh, me, oh, my, oh, pie in the sky. You know what I mean? And no condemnation. And I'm not talking about works, and I don't mean to say that in a joking way. I don't want anybody to feel bad, or I don't want anybody to feel um, condemned. But that's really what a lot of us do. We feel sorry for ourselves. You know, we're stuck in a situation. Saints telling us we don't have any other options. And we feel sorry for ourselves. Why does that happen? I mean, why why are people out there feeling sorry for themselves? Is there something that we can share tonight to help them? You know, when someone hits that share button and it gets on a media outlet and someone is listening to this, does anybody have something at their heart that they can share of why are we feeling sorry for ourselves? And what can we do about it? I think it's really simple and blunt, but I'll say it anyways. Um, we're just selfish. Ooh. So if you break it down, you're just thinking me, me, me. Mm. You know, um, you're taking yourself and you're comparing yourself probably with other worldly things. Mm. But if you're if you're comparing yourself as a child of God, you're not thinking of yourself. You're thinking of God. You're thinking of the Holy Spirit. You're thinking of your spiritual life. Whereas if you're thinking poor me, sorry me, pie in the sky. It's all about you. And that's how this world is everywhere. If you look everywhere, social media, family members, like that's why families are being torn apart. That's why our government is so messed up. It's all about me. Mm. And if I can satisfy myself, then I don't have to be sorry because I've got money, I've got pleasure, I got time on my hands, whatever it is. 
But when we start getting sorry for ourselves, we start realizing that all those worldly things that were giving us satisfaction is just gone. So then we're like, oh, we're empty now. Oh, now that we're empty, oh, man, I don't have anything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm poor physically or poor emotionally or financially or whatever. And so then we just start feeling sorry for ourselves because we're helpless. We don't have any other avenue to go. But it comes down to you're selfish. You're thinking of just yourself. You're not placing God in your mind when you're starting to compare yourself with things. That's really good. That's a strong word. I'm glad you shared it instead of Brandon because Brandon would have came off wrong and people wouldn't have people would have been on the show like, okay, who invited that guy? But she says that they're like, oh, she's so good. So, no, that's really good. Selfishness. I mean, let's go on a bunny trail. Let's talk about selfishness. Satan is selfish. Mm-hmm. Everything that he does, he does for his own gain, right? Mm-hmm. God is the opposite of selfishness. He gave himself. He gave his son. He gave his best. You know, and let's go down another bunny trail. So this, in my life, in my Christian walk, sometimes I just give God like the end of the day, right? I'm tired. I fall on the couch. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm getting to work. Okay, I read my page. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we all do it, right? But let's look at it. God gave his best. What does it look like if, let's just say us four sitting here right now said for the next month, we're going to give God our best. We're going to give them everything that we got. We're going to really do this thing. You know, how would that impact our lives? Huge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Huge, huge. And I can guarantee you, after you start walking in that for a little bit, I guarantee you that selfishness starts to leave, right? Because you can't draw close to God. You can't see God. You can't let the God that created the universe start speaking to your heart and think selfish. You might go back to it, but if you're renewing your mind, only good things happen. God's not a liar, right? Only good things happen with God. So good stuff. I really like that. When you said this is going to be, what'd you say? This is going to be really simple, <laughs> simple and, blunt. and blunt. Yeah. I was like, Hey, I like simple and blunt. So no, that's really good. So another thing, and, and I realize the things that I'm touching on is kind of, um, seems like it's all kind of the same vein, but it's really the order that Chris went in. And and I think we're really going somewhere with this. And this is kind of like a puzzle, right? We're just kind of puzzling everything together. The picture's getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, um, it says, Chris said, stop blaming God and being mad at him. Now, guys, this is huge. Mm -hmm. This, when he said that, I'm like, man, I did that yesterday. I've been saved 34 years, right? And I was just doing that yesterday. Well, God, you know, if you would have told me not to do that, then I wouldn't have gotten this trouble. (laughs) You know, hey, if Tim, who's on the board, you're doing a wonderful job, by the way, Tim. If Tim would have called me and just heard from you, God, and I wouldn't have got myself in this trouble, you know. Um, And then on top of that, it's almost like when I blame God, I resent him. I'm like, you know, okay, you know, um, I blame God. And then I'm like, yeah, it's your fault. You know, mm-hmm. so then I'm, I'm I'm actually kind of mad at him. You can't. And then Chris shared something. I think it was yesterday. You can't blame somebody and not resent them and be mad at them. Okay. So then he looked at you, didn't he? And he said, no, who did he look at? He looked at somebody and said, you know, I don't like the way you did that. Oh, yeah. You know, so he was sharing an example. It was super good. So the question is, um, and I'll read this again. Stop blaming God and being mad at him. He is good all the time. 
Give an example of this in your life. Now, I just shared an example, not details, but on Saturday, I blamed God for something a little bit. And then I kind of resented him. Now, I did come full circle. You know, it didn't take me long. Does anybody else have an example? Now, I know you guys are almost perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, but besides that, if you could like, you know, by the grace of God, find something that you actually did in your life to blame God and <laughs> resent him a little bit. Yeah. Does anybody have a, a, something they want to share? I have an example. Um, it's actually right before Henry and I got married. We, or my, I had a job offer to start full time. I was going to move out to San Francisco and then Hannah and I were going to get married and she was going to move out there with me. And we were just looking at apartments for months and months trying to find something we could afford, which is impossible in San Francisco. But we were going for it anyway. Um, and we found something that we thought was a really good deal. And just the renting environment, she's already making faces. <laughs> um, we had to put, you know, the first month down and then a one month deposit on top of that. So we, we went forward with that. And um, a couple of days later, hadn't heard from the guy couple of weeks go by, hadn't heard a single thing. I was like, all right, we, you know, we just got scammed. So we were out. San Francisco is very expensive. Yeah, we were so out wasn't thousands just, you of know, dollars. Yeah, you know, it, it was, was a lot, lot, especially back then when we weren't even working full time yet. That was a lot of money for us. And we were both angry, confused, you know, mad, frustrated. Like, why God, why did you allow this? Why are we, you know, going through this mess? Why aren't you providing for us? Um, push comes to shove, we ended up, or I ended up, calling the company back then it was, it was the same company i worked for initially but it's it just a different office in grand rapids they were a big company so they had offices everywhere and everything just went super smooth you know they trained they, they moved my job offer to grand rapids i was able to live at home so i saved up a little bit more money longer um, we were able to afford a, an apartment in grand rapids downtown so we lived there for the first few years just had one car we kind of earned our money back and everything turned out fine with fact, if that wouldn't have happened we wouldn't have found dcc DCC changed both our lives so much in so many ways. We made so many friends here, so many important relationships. And, you know, this, none of this would have happened if we would have moved to San Francisco. Mm. I don't even know what would have happened. You know, COVID hit probably the year after we tried moving there. We would have been in the middle of that mess. So it's just That's like, a great example. Can I take a bunny trail? <clears throat> absolutely. So that happens to me all the time. But my wife always tells me, well, Dave, maybe we shouldn't do this. Did <laughs> Hannah give you the warning on this one? Come on. No, I'm just kidding. No, I've made, we've made decisions and it's kind of funny that, you know, um, we end up on the back end of it, which wasn't the good end. And Mary never rubbed it in my face because I was kind of stubborn back then. Well, we're just going to do it. I'm the man of the house, you know, and, uh, but she never said, see, I told you so. But it's funny because I had a young man ask me recently, you know, about marriage and, you know, what's the one lesson you learned? I said, listen to your wife. I mean, they are very sensitive to stuff, especially when it comes to making decisions. And if you can't agree on something, don't do it. If mm -hmm. your wife says, nope, I'm not feeling this right now. An example, we bought our dream house three years ago. Never thought we'd have the house we have right now. Um, the house we were living in, we wanted to move. We could afford it. We had a lot of equity in it. We had cash. We were pretty much debt-free. And for five years, God kept saying, ah, just wait. Well, that's what he told Mary. I was like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's get a boat and a new truck and a house. Let's just get in a lot of debt. You know, and Mary kept saying, nah, I'm not feeling it. So then one time she was like, okay, you know, this year I'm really feeling like we ought, I think it was the fourth year. And then all of a sudden God's like, nah, don't do it. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Come on, God. 
what are you doing? You know, for four years I wanted to do it. Now you now you're telling me not to do it. But it's funny how I would debate with my wife. But then when I told her, she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, if you don't agree, we, we got to come on an agreement." I'm like, "Why am I not that easy? I'm so hard headed." <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's a great example. Wonderful example. Does anybody else have an example or anything they want to share on this? Yeah, I got. So, kind of maybe a long story, whatever. But um, so I've been playing on worship teams since I was like 14, right? Mm. I've loved music. I love playing on worship teams. The the I've always wanted to do that forever, right? And I th- and it's funny because as I I've been I was just thinking about it listening to you guys just looking back and throughout the whole the whole journey, right? I've always wanted to be a be on staff at a church. Right? I've always wanted to do this and I think a big part of the reason people get mad at God is because they put their desires and their plan in front of his. Good point. Mm-hmm. And, and they get into a position where they're, they're just like, God, what are you doing? You were supposed to do this for me. Why didn't you do that? I wanted, I asked you to do this. And, and God's just like, not, it's not time yet. Right? Like I've been on so many, I've been on quite a few worship teams where like, I and this is where the, where the devil gets in and they lie he lies to you in that right because you're feeling undervalued right I I didn't feel like my input mattered I didn't feel like I was valued by enough people right and then I'd go somewhere else and I'd feel the same thing and I'm just like what man I thought God I thought this was a gift you had for me right like and I would get so frustrated like what is going on God but there was I was playing at a church and then and I was just super frustrated and then COVID hit and that was you know, that kind of shut a lot of people down and I ended up not playing on that regime. And ultimately throughout that whole process that led me here. Mm -hmm. And now I have like so many opportunities to do like everything that like I've been asking God for. Right. And he's like opening doors, but it took me since I was like, I'm 22, almost 23. Right. It, I've been wanting this since I was 14. Right. And it Mm -hmm. took me that long to guys just like, just trust me for a little bit longer, just keep trusting me, just keep trusting me because it's gonna happen, <laughs> right? But I think ultimately people just get so mad at God because they're just like, you didn't do it right now. Mm-hmm. I wanted it right now because this looks so good in the moment, but what God has is mm. so much better later. But we just have to, it, it comes down to just trusting him because most of the time we can't see it, right? God can, but we can't. So we just have to, a lot of times it sucks and it's, it's very frustrating and frightening going in blind but it's it's all about you know it's trusting god because he has our best interest in mind right that's good so Mm -hmm. i want to tell everybody that's listening that i get the credit for inviting you three here (laughs) so everybody's out there probably saying man they're really good hey guys i invited all three of them okay (laughs) Uh, anybody else want to share on that before i move on to the next point I just have something little. So um, a while back I was reading in Isaiah and in chapter nine and 10, um, mainly in chapter nine is where um, they prophesy when, when Jesus is going to come on earth and he's going to come as a child, you know, born on this earth and all that stuff. And during this time, the Israelites are going through hardship. They're going through persecution. They're going through, I mean, their whole country and everything is getting torn apart. Um, And I have a note that says, when you're complaining, it's basically an act of pride because when you're complaining you think things ought to be different mm. and so when i'm mm. thinking blaming god i'm also thinking of complaining kind of like what you were saying like 
God, I have all all the ducks in a row right here. Why aren't they marching right now? You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. aren't they moving? Because they're perfect. I have them all sorted out perfectly. But um, an image I saw on the internet a while ago is a little girl. She has a stuffed bear, and you can tell it's warm. You can tell it's precious, but it's little. And um, she's she looks kind of sad, but here God is, and he has his hand on her shoulder, and behind her or behind God is this perfect, plush, big teddy bear. And he's asking this girl, can I have your little teddy bear? Mm. And you can tell that's like the most precious thing to her. That's the only thing she's got. So whether it's time, whether it's a plan, whether it's money, whatever it is, Mm. sometimes God asks you to sacrifice those kind of things. And it's your choice. Again, it's your choice to to blame or complain to God and be like, God, you're taking everything from me. It goes back to so many examples in the Bible, even Abraham and Isaac, you know, the sacrifice. But ultimately, if we if we choose to complain, I mean, that's basically us putting our foot on God and mm. stomping him and being like, our plan was so much better. What are you doing? Yeah. So it ultimately, it's, it, it's selfishness. I mean, it's all about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. You know? and that's kind of America, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. You know? Self-gratification. Oh, yep. Instant yep. gratification. Instant gratification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a microwave anymore. I'll just go to the store and it's already hot. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's already ready to eat, <laughs> you know. So that, what you're saying there and what we're talking about kind of goes into the next point. <clears throat> and Chris said, if it's contrary to God's word, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. That would be a good t-shirt, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, if you're going to go out and hang out on the town on a Saturday, you just wear a shirt that says, if it's contrary to God's word, it's a lie. Well, that would be a good conversation piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that being said, give an example of this in your life and and what did you do about it? So it's if it's contrary to God's word, it's a lie. An example in our life and what did we do about it? I can start. So... Um, I shared a little bit about drugs and alcohol, right? And it's amazing how many times Satan came back and made the alcohol and the drugs look good. You know, you go to the beach. I've been saved a year. Everybody's drinking a Coors. You know what I mean? Everybody's drinking beer, and I smell it. And it's amazing how Satan's like, yeah, that, um, wow, that that's that would taste You can just have one, mm-hmm. you know? Or now marijuana is legal, and I smell it all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I've been saved 34 years, and it's like, wow, be okay just to, you know, go at it again. But that's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's something I've been delivered from. It's something that I've been set free from, and it's something that I've shared with tons of people, right? And my kids know it, right? So if I just start doing it, then what does that look like? You know what I mean? Really, what it is, is I believed a lie. You know, for me personally, in my life, what I came out of the addiction and the drugs and the alcohol, but it's amazing for 34 years, there's not a whole lot of time that goes by where Satan is lying. And that's what he did with Eve, right? Mm -hmm. He's still doing the same thing a few thousand years ago, right? To all of us, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, Nate, you know, you're just too young. You know, you're not going to be able to, you know, be on staff, you know, in the music ministry. But, you know, you're pretty good at guitar, but 
you're not good enough. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Yeah. It's a lie. He does it to all of us. Does yep. Does anybody else have an, an example? You know, and if you don't, we can go to the next point. But anything that you can think of that happened recently in the past or something that maybe Satan lied with you about what you did about it. For me, I just, James 4, 7, mm-hmm. Peter mm-hmm. 5, 7, you know, I just started mm-hmm. quoting scriptures, you know what I mean? And going at it and believing God and meeting with men that are mentors in my life, the few men that I meet with and share stuff with them. You know what I mean? And they hold me accountable. And my wife, I share everything with her. There's nothing I don't tell my wife. I, there is no, I have no skeletons in my closet, right? Mm-hmm. I've told her everything. I've been naked and open to her. And that's r- changed my life completely. And we started doing that years ago. So does anybody else have anything? Okay, so we'll go to the next point. I thought for sure Hannah was biting at the well, a little do. bit. Well, I do. Okay. I kind of do. Okay. Um, and I think, I don't know how much men struggle with this, but this is definitely a woman's thing. Um, self-image, hmm. self-confidence. Um, I think nowadays the world and the evil in this world has just made it if you can get your body perfect, mm. if you can sell your body out or if you can look like so and so or if you can get the right clothes or have the right makeup or even the right hair whatever that's your gratification you know that will make you feel good that way you can find a guy or you can get the best job or whatever it may be um i think a lot of times we try to gratify it by oh i'm gonna go on a diet so it's gonna be healthy for me it'll be good or i'll go work out it'll build you know a good disciplinary you know mindset or whatever but really like a lot of times and i've struggled with this because i love to work out i love to you know try to have a healthy diet at least um and a lot of times i easily get sucked into make sure your body's great make sure you're you know staying fit that's just my mindset because i i love sports and i love to be active but a lot of women nowadays, especially with social media and all that, I mean, your body just has to look great. And no, I mean, you just, I think the imagery of how women should look nowadays has, has, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I think it's unrealistic. It's, well, it's very unrealistic, but it's also, um, crippleizing so mm-hmm. many young girls nowadays. I mean, to a point where they're suicidal or they're, um, depressed or, um, they're anxious to be out in public because they're um, not confident in themselves because all they're looking at is this self-image of how you should look. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, God loves every single woman and man how he created them. I mean, that's that's where you've got to come out from inside of loving how God made you. And um, that's what I struggled with for years. I mean, Brandon knows. I mean, self-image is just something huge in a woman. And I don't know if anybody listening can relate to that, but that is something huge that the devil knows women are so self-conscious of themselves, whether they will admit it or not. That's something huge that women don't like to admit, but that's what they strive for. That's what they fight for. That's what they die for, literally. I mean, that's that's just something huge that a lot of women need to realize. And I mean, I it took years, like I said, for me to finally admit it. You so. just went to a whole different level here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm like, you asked for well, examples. Well, yeah, I didn't know you were going there. So. <laughs> Us three again, we're looking at each other like, I said nothing about this stuff. <laughs> no, I think that's super good. And I, I think I can relate to that a little bit. Like, I body, like working out and like kind mm-hmm. of bodybuilding yeah, is a little yeah. bit of a hobby of mine. And I think that whole realm is, that's what it is, right? Like, if, and I think, 
a lot of like what you said earlier you are who you hang out with mm-hmm. if i'm in if i'm just like completely immersing myself into that it's you know like if I want to get a girlfriend, then my muscles, I have exactly. to have bigger yeah. muscles. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't look right. good enough. Right. Like, mm-hmm. or like you said, clothes, but like, yeah. and I think there was a time where I was just in the, I was literally like six, seven days a week. That's all I did. Cause I was just like, that's, I'd look in the mirror and be like, Oh no, that's not right. You know, I need, I need better shoulders. You know, I need, and, and it's, it's crippling because every time I go out, then I'm like in my head, all I'm thinking is the way I look, isn't good enough for yeah. anybody around me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, ultimately, that's so false, right? That's right. just the enemy trying to get in my head, saying, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're just not good enough. You're not gonna find anybody, you know. But mm-hmm. and it's uh, a lot of that takes like obviously stepping back from that a little bit because it's unhealthy, and portioning out those things to where I'm not getting too deep into it, but also like hanging out with people who know God's mm-hmm. word and can keep you accountable keep me accountable yeah. in that right and can speak mm-hmm. into situations in my life when i'm not seeing it because a lot of times if you're too deep you don't know what's wrong because you're so focused on that you can't open your eyes and say wow this is so wrong mm-hmm. until you step back and you get people in your life that can speak into that and say no like mm-hmm. this is bad mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah but if you also i mean like we have the words right in front of us but chris's word of if it's contrary to god's work God is truth. Yeah. So it's either truth or lie. I mean, breaking it down and making it super simple. Right, I mean, yeah. if you, especially Christians, I feel like we have to be so aware of what we do because we live in truth. And a lot of times, just like how Eve was tempted and how Eve was deceived was he twisted the truth. Mm-hmm. He twisted it. We know the truth, but are we hearing it wrong? Are we in the word of God enough to know that what we're hearing in this world that is controlled by the prince of this world, that it's it's a lie yeah. or is it truth? You know, that's, I mean, we cannot emphasize enough as a body of believers that the word of God is the only thing that we can defend ourselves against the lies. Oh. I mean, we can, we can say, oh yeah, starving yourself, going to the gym, I mean, that's good. That's good, you know, keep pushing yourself in life. But- right. Where does that say in the word of God? So how do you apply that? You have to read in the word of God, that God's word is truth. So, you know, if God has made you in the image of God, that's what we have to base it on. It's not how cool is your clothes, how much muscle you have, you know, if you have a sexy body, whatever that may be. I mean, God, you are in the image of God. What does that look like Mm. for a Christian? And I think Christianity, especially in America, I mean, we live in such, how did I say it, that one small group time. We live in a country that has a comfortable Jesus. Mm. We're never, we, we never yeah. have a gun pointed to our head saying, will you declare Jesus in your name? You know what I mean? Like, will you actually be persecuted physically, spiritually, like today? No, we have a church. We're not hiding. We're not getting our Bibles burned in this country. But because of that, I feel like as Christians in America, we need to be even more on guard because of that, because we just slide right into the lies thinking they're truth because that's from what the devil, I mean, like the devil is just icing the cake, you know, Mm. constantly making it look so good. But in America, we're not, I mean, we're not trembling in this cave, you know, thinking that people are going to be persecuting us or going after us in the name of Jesus. Like that kind of thing. When we think of truth, we just have to be so careful that, we are actually, we know the truth mm. because the devil can make his lies sound like truth. Yep. Mm. 
And that example of Jesus being tempted in the, in the desert, I mean, he used the word of God. That was the only thing he used to actually defeat the devil. I mean, he didn't use anything like, oh, well, nowadays, you know, we have <laughs> ladders to climb ourselves down these cliffs. Like, we don't, you know, we don't have to jump off. Like, he just completely used the word of God, and that was the only thing he used. Mm-hmm. Say that statement again, because when you said it, us guys all kind of looked at each other like, dang. That was good. <laughs> In America, we have a comfortable Jesus. We have a comfortable Jesus. Mm-hmm. That would be a good book that you could write, Hannah. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great book title. So, you know, guys, this has been a great time. I want to touch on one more thing. Again, <clears throat> let's reflect a little bit. Um, there's been some great stuff here tonight. I've, I've had a great time, you know, hanging out with you guys. And, and uh, I, again, I take all the credit for inviting you guys. <laughs> um, um, that being said, there's, there's people listening, right? And there's one last question that I just kind of want to drive home here a little bit. And it's um, when we get stuck in struggle, what do we do? Now, I know we've shared a lot of things here, but there's still people out there saying, yeah, you know, I'm listening. You know, um, it all sounds really good. It makes a lot of sense, but I'm stuck and I've tried these things and we might have to repeat them again. Right. But my question is. Um, when we get stuck and struggle, persecution, trials, etc., what do we do? Now, I'll start, and I just want to say it's a choice. I mean, you know, we have to make a choice that, you know, we're going to make an, an effort. Now, someone might be, you know, rolling their eyes right now and saying, you know, Dave, I've made an effort. And I'm not saying you <laughs> didn't make an effort. But are we, and hear my heart, guys, I'm not talking about works. Are we doing with what we're sharing tonight? Are we getting in the word? Hmm. Are we hanging around with the right people? You know what I mean? Are, and I love what Hannah said. Do we know the word and do we know that what we're hearing is truth? Because Chris said that the devil's a liar. You know what I mean? That's all he does is lie. So if he's lying to us, are we receiving it as truth or partial truth? Or are we believing it as a lie because we know God's word? And we know his truth. So for me, it's a choice. Does anybody else have something they want to share um, as we're wrapping this up? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could say is just get in the word. Hmm. Just replacing those lies with God's words, right? Because, and I think a big thing is, at least maybe maybe nobody else <laughs> experiences this maybe it's just me right but there have been a lot of times in the past where it's just like i get so stuck and i get so it's I, f- I feel like i'm almost so deep that i don't even know what to do anymore mm-hmm. like i recognize that i'm stuck but i'm so comfortable like kevin said a couple weeks ago i'm so comfortable sitting in the mud mm-hmm. that like i don't even know how to get out and i think a big thing for me is it's like I, I've never been one to like memorize scriptures. Like I can't just like off the dome. I don't have like a million scriptures memorized in my head, right? But I think a big thing is like I have a, a, um, a book. I think it was a God's Promises book or whatever, and it literally lists off things, uh, in topics and has, Bible verses specifically on those. And a lot of times, like I don't, if I don't know what to do, I'm just like, exactly what I'm feeling. I go in that book and I have script accesses. I have access to scriptures specifically on whatever I'm feeling. And like 10 times out of 10, like I find that I'm like, oh, really? And then I actually go grab my Bible and then it's it's like a chain reaction. Like it gets me, 
like I get pulled in and sucked into that. And it's, I just, it's just the word, man. Like, I just think it's so good, good you know, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Love it. One thing that I struggle with is I can be a very passive aggressive person and I'm just saying that being raw. But um, so with that tendency, I mean, I can get upset or annoyed at a person and I can just hold on to it for a really long time, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, I could be really nice to their face or I could, you know, say that I forgave them or say that, oh, yeah, whatever you did, whatever you said, it doesn't bother me. But um, when we're when when I struggle or when I'm stuck with that, when I'm going like I consider that a, a trial when I'm just I I let it just boil inside of me and um brandon knows this i mean i vent to him all the time um but i one scripture that has always challenged me every single time like when i'm so annoyed and i i can't let it go like i'm I'm stuck in it i always go to the bible verse in ephesians 4 26 or yeah 26 and 27 says do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold and you know maybe people don't have anger issues maybe people don't have passive aggressive issues or whatnot but whatever you're struggling with don't go to sleep still struggling with that Hmm. you know what i mean like don't fall asleep dwelling on it at least at least say at least say the words like god i'm gonna give it over to you you know it, it may take a few nights or whatever but there's something interesting about going to sleep and still struggling in your sin because it's almost like the devil won that day mm. because you gave the devil a foothold, whatever it may be. It could be, you know, lust. It could be anger. It could be selfishness. It could be pride, whatever it, it is. If you know that you're struggling in it, if you know you're acknowledging, and if you acknowledge, then you can give it over. You can. I mean, it might be hard. And some people are like, I don't know how to simply say, I mean, that's where the, the Holy Spirit is an advocate because he knows exactly how to give it over to God. You just, you let him take it. You just verbally, physically have to say, you know, God, here it is. This is what I'm struggling with. Let me sleep at night or whatever. But really, if I'm a competitive person too. So if I know that I'm giving the devil a foothold, man, I'm so mad. I'm like, man, God's not winning. Why is God not winning? Like, why are we, why are we letting the devil win? And if, if we're going to sleep, still stuck and still struggling we're not free Mm. and we're letting that devil go to sleep with his legs all propped up on that (laughs) foothold just saying good night hannah all right i'll see you tomorrow morning keep boiling on that and that's something huge that once i say god i'm struggling with this just let it go man i have the best sleep at night Mm. i do i do when i push that phone away when i make sure i at least read that verse for the night my sleep is so much better and i wake up more refreshed and that's something huge that I think everybody can do. I mean, it could be any kind of sin mm. that people are struggling with, any kind of persecution or trial, whatever it may be. Wow, good stuff. And I can kind of piggyback off of that too, where oh, I forget the exact scripture, but it, it says, in the Bible it says, you know, come to me all you who are weary and burdened for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's exactly what you were saying. You know, give your burdens to God, give your troubles, whatever it is to him. And I think there's a flip side to that. You gotta give it up. You need to let him take it from you. And then I think you also have to go and find it somewhere, whether it's in scripture or in other people, you know, in church, your friend groups, family, whatever, where they can advise you what to read then to make sure it doesn't come back mm. to you. Mm. Good. Wow. Good stuff tonight. And guys, thanks for coming. This has been awesome. I'm humbled. Um, I would also like to mention um, we have some all-stars behind the scenes. We got Tim, 
Mannard, who uh, is just knocking the ball out of the park, and Justin's behind him, giving him the evil eye every time he's ready to make a mistake. But no, <laughs> Ju- Justin's, Justin's as faithful as the sun coming up, has worked with me a little bit on, you know, how we do things tonight. And and I just want to thank you guys. Um, they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they came here, they set this up. You know, we came here, we sat down, we've been joking, we've been laughing. <laughs> These guys set this up. You know, we're going to leave. You know, I mean, Justin hung up some new lights. Kudos, Justin, awesome job. Um, I just want to acknowledge you guys and just say thank you. I mean, it's really a blessing that I can just come here and just talk. <laughs> you guys, you guys yeah. did all the legwork. You guys are awesome. So thank you. Um, that being said, guys, what's really on my heart um, for everybody that's listening is share this, share it. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to go home tonight and I'm sharing this. I want people to hear it. I want people to hear Hannah. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, just, you know, guys, share it. Give us a five star. And another thing I want to mention, if if you're just kind of like, you know, this has been really cool. I really like what's being said again, guys. um, DCC Church, um, um, 10 o'clock a.m., um, come out, visit us. Um, that would be awesome. We would love to see you. Um, I would like to end with <clears throat> um, Chris Shire is going to be sharing part two. Um, if I'm wrong, it's Justin's fault because he gave me this information. <laughs> um, so, Chris, if you're like in, uh, you know, at home going, no, no. Um, but it is um, flesh and spirit part two. I'm, I'm actually really excited to hear it. Yeah, me you too, know what yeah. I mean? I mean, this is Chris you know, did a phenomenal job. And, and that's the cool thing about DCC. You know, we have, you know, a handful of different people sharing the word. Um, when I first started, went to DCC, you know, I came where there was just one pastor all the time and we went to DCC. I was like, I don't know if I'm really digging this, a different person. You know what I mean? No, I love it. I'm like, mm-hmm. how can churches listen to the same guy all the time? <laughs> right. We have like a handful, man. We, got, hey. we have options. Yeah. In the cookie jar, there's just not one cookie. There's like six different kinds of cookies to choose from. So um, that being said, I just want to thank everybody for, uh, um, you know, listening. And I want to thank all you guys for coming out. This has been awesome. And uh, everybody just um, have a great night and, and God bless. And, and I would like to end in prayer. I was just wondering, Brandon, could you um, lead us in prayer and end tonight? Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night, the opportunity that we could come together. We thank you for the freedom that we have, this this space, this group of people, yes. our support. We thank you for uh, <clears throat> the crew that set everything up, put it all together in behind the scenes and uh, the planning as well that went, that went into this. We thank you, uh, Dave, for inviting us. We thank you in the Holy Spirit that you were just able to move inside of us and we hope that the words that we're speaking reach the ears that need it tonight we thank you for uh uh this church we thank you for dcc in order to uh just fund the ability to put this together and uh for everybody to get together and share these words and these testimonies uh we thank you for chris the the setting us up with his uh his his uh Mm -hmm. topics on sunday Mm -hmm. and we look forward to hearing the continuation of that on next sunday uh we just uh, thank you again, and we, we pray this stuff in your, your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everybody have a good night, and thanks for uh, listening.